Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. I'm here with my co-producer, co-host, Small Town EP. Yo, 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 yo. Live from Small Town Studios. You know the vibes. Mr. Goyard yes, Wallpaper is back in full effect. Okay. And we got Big <laughs> Kev. You know, Raven Media's finest. Shout out to Raven Media. Shout out to Big Kev, the, 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 the man of many talents. He, he do the camera work. He, he got the sports takes. Man, go check him out. What's up, Big Kev? What's going on? Appreciate you having me back, as always. Nah, nah. Listen, best friend of the show, best family of the, of show. the show, you know, cousin, you know, relative of the show. Um, how y'all been, man? EP, EP's coming off of a, a, a quick trip to New York. He was out here chilling with me uh, in the city. And um, I know Kev Kev was working. Kev was up to, up to something. So I want to hear what y'all have been doing for the last week, week and a half. How you been, E? I'm well, man. You know, I, I uh, like you said, I just fresh off a little trip to the city. Uh, got to parlay with you. Got to see some fam. Um, see, you know, a nice moment in some special people's lives. You know what I mean? Uh, shout out to Jagger and his new uh, new baby coming soon, <laughs> cooking in the oven. So shout out to uh, them. Yeah. It was cool to see uh, see some old friends, see some people that uh, I've met a couple times that still remembered me from like, you know, doing business in New York, shooting videos, things like that um so yeah yeah it was a vibe shout out to the summer club we went out i haven't been out like that in a minute so that was cool appreciate you hosting me and cardi up there man you know the vibes you know that that uber that uber drive home was treacherous i heard <laughs> that boy, oh, that boy cardi and ep was was lit my boy kev man i had them boys outside man we was in queens i don't even be in queens we was in queens that night sounds like a uh night a recipe for some trouble <laughs> hey, listen, hey, for the record, no trouble. <laughs> but uh, nah, Kev, how you been, man? Uh, good, man. I went up to Orlando uh, last Friday, went up to, to SmackDown. It was a fun time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I knew you did something. I didn't remember what it was. That's why I kept it real vague. I wanted to yeah. get into this. Talk about it. Yeah, I went up to SmackDown. Uh, it, was, it was great. You know, uh, had you were smacked. Drinks. Yeah, I had some drinks, you know, before uh, before and during the event. And, yeah, just had a great time. I started a, a Ric Flair woo at one point. So got it to go around the arena. So that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I love just I love going to those events just because it's like I used to love wrestling. Like, and I yeah. kind of I still kind of keep up with it here and there. So uh, I love the storyline that they have going on right now. Roman Reigns and the whole the bloodline situation. So. That was oh, cool yeah, to yeah. see. I know he's not there every week, so for him to be there last week was cool to see, like him and Jay Uso go at it. You got the Usos and shit. That's dope, man. I mean, not to get too deep into wrestling, but like, yeah, the WWE's always done a great job of keeping things relevant and storylines on point. Obviously, they've had some ups and downs, but I feel like in the last four or five years, they've they've been able to kind of you know keep keep certain like dealing with the AEW competition because they've come in and do, done a great job. But like WWE's just still been able to, you know, stay top dog and throw amazing pay-per-view events and stuff like that. So shout out to that, man. It's nothing like it because WWE fans are so passionate, you know, like you go to a Hurricanes game, you go to a Miami Heat game in the playoffs, like you're going to get that intensity from the fans where everything matters. And, you know, you got in wrestling, it's not like you're at the... <laughs> Pacers versus the Sixers game where you got Pacers and Sixers fans like you can have an old school wrestling fan who wants to see the new guys you can have a Roman Reigns crowd you can have the Daniel Bryan crowd. you know what I mean and there's there's big crowds for certain wrestlers um so uh, it's always cool to to be in the same room as everybody and like you said starting chants and you know just acting a fool everybody kind of goes back to their childhood when they watch wrestling and and partake in shit like that so oh, I could appreciate now, it except now you can oh, get yeah. drunk <laughs> and, and not and not feel ashamed for for yelling out uh i guess another grown man's name i don't know kev what are you, what are you saying no i'm just kidding <laughs> hey, you know for three hours for three hours you're clear of any you get the pass <laughs> and he pauses <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yo nah man so we we last week we uh where were we at were we uh a, a we was AFC East, AFC East Jets, AFC, AFC East. East. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Back in the NFC now. Thing. We got NFC North. NFC North now. 
so we got a couple first time in years. A Roger list NFC North. This is crazy. I mean, for the first time, I mean, the Vikings have always been competitive and it's always been a matter of like, can they win it this year? Is this going to be the year? But I feel like the favorite for, you know, the last decade or so, uh, with the exception of a few years in between, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And I would even say for the last 37 years, it's the first time the Packers don't have the best quarterback in the division. I'm listen. Uh, we'll get the into fact it. that <laughs> the fact that we're looking at Kirk Cousins right now as what top dog in that division. Yeah, I mean, I mean, numbers I wise, what he's done. I, mean, I like Jared. I, mean, I like Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff. I do too. Like which Jared we're going to talk like about Goff. him as well. You can like Jared Goff. You, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Jared Goff. And the thing is, like, Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins are similar players as far as uh, he's clicking up his grinder over there. Uh, they're not similar fun. players in the sense that they're just game managers and, you know, they're not going to go out and do too much to win you the game, but they can handle the pressure. They can make the right throws, keep the team on pace to let the defense and the star players around them uh, contribute to the wins. So that being said, last year the Vikings played really good. And Aaron Rodgers played his last, you know, 17 games in Green Bay as a Packer. Uh, He'll have – do do you guys play the Packers this year? Do the Jets play the Packers this year? I would imagine they do, right? No. They they don't? I don't believe so, no. Wow. Wow. I mean – I don't think we have I guess the, the NFC North. I think the I think the NFL might have fumbled that right there if that if that's the case. But nonetheless, the Vikings went 13 and 4 last year and started off the season like 10 and 2 or so. Um they had a really really hot start. They were the NFC's top team. The Eagles were the only better team and they they were undefeated up until like week 9 or so. Um and and we kind of got to see the impact that Justin Jefferson has on this team and in this league. Uh, He'd won them games at points. Talk about that Buffalo game. Uh, And he's shown that, you know, you can be that guy as a number one wide receiver um, on a team and and have other players believe you're a top five guy in the NFL, if not one of the best players in the NFL. Uh, Let's kind of broaden things out, Kev, before we, we dive too deep. Did you have something? Uh, as far as the uh, Vikings, well, well yeah. you, I Manoris told me that you you wanted to say something, so I just want to. Oh, he's over there. No, 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 no. I don't think. Okay, so. okay. Where would you like to start? I mean, we we can start with the thirteen and four Vikings. We could start with the three and fourteen Chicago Bears. The guy that the team that lost their quarterback, or a team in Detroit who I mean looks poised to win this division this year and possibly make a a, a sneaky playoff run deep in twenty twenty three going into twenty twenty four. Where do you guys want to start? I like I like I like Chicago. I like starting I like starting in the windy city. What about you, Kev? We can start in Chicago. Chicago. Right. Um, like I said, this is a three and fourteen team. And man, for them to get the first pick in the draft, EP, if you don't mind uh mute up for me. Um, you know, they get the first pick in the draft after Houston, for whatever reason. Beats the Colts in the last game of the season. Get, you know, gets a hail mary, the two point conversion, and all that. Uh, and they, so they had the first pick, and obviously they traded it. You know, because they have their quarterback, and it was a very quarterback heavy draft. But uh, they ended up with it, and. You got to like what they got. We've talked about that all offseason and, and, you know, after that trade happened, what they got for the Carolina Panthers trade, getting a guy like DJ Moore. I think they got uh, two firsts and two – was it two firsts and two second or two firsts and two – Do you terrible. remember off the top of your head? I don't. A first and two okay. seconds? 
double check that E while we do it. But no, they, they got a nice haul and they got uh, a, a premier talent at wide receiver. And I'm interested to see this year um, what Justin Fields is going to be able to make of all this because, you know, we've we've given him the benefit of the doubt. He's had his excuses and fair enough. Horrible offensive line. No weapons on the outside. Mooney gets hurt last year. Um, and, and the defense isn't, you know, a strong defense per se, especially in a, a pretty competitive division. Um, they've made moves to get Tremont Edmonds. They've gotten Chase Claypool. Mooney's coming back. They went in, uh, they went ahead and DJ got Moore. DJ Moore in the trade. There, there looks to be very much less excuses for Justin Fields to come out and not throw for at least 3,800 yards. Um, and what I'm most looking forward to for Justin Fields is not getting 4,000 passing yards or 32 touchdowns, but it's keeping his interceptions under 10 or under 13. You know what I mean? Like, let's not, let's not go too crazy. I mean, he's had 28 interceptions in the last two seasons. He's turned the ball over, uh, you know, quite a few times, fumbled the ball, I think like 22 times in two years or so. And it's just been kind of a shit show offensively for the Bears. I really want to see them come together and and put together a competitive season where every game they look like they have a chance, whether they win or lose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, like, as far as Justin Fields, it's like you said, like, can you limit the turnovers? That's the biggest part of Justin Fields' game that I think is where the Bears get hurt is they can he can be having a great game where he scores six total touchdowns but you know if he's turning it over in crucial situations whether it's an interception or a fumble uh it ends up coming back to bite them and obviously there's games where he's putting up those amount of touchdowns that should have to come down to where he's yeah. needing to put them in a position to win at the end if he's already scored 40 points so um the defense obviously needs to tighten up on their end um and yeah i don't I don't expect a lot from the Bears this year, but they could be a sneaky team. It's a wide open division, realistically. And, um, you know, if Justin Fields takes that next step, then he could be, you know, we, we see what he could do on his on his feet, you know, when, when, he, when he needs to run yeah. the ball. We see what he can do, make guys miss, break through tackles. He can go 97 yards and make four guys miss along the way. So, um, yeah, I think, if he can start throwing the ball and beating teams with his arm too, then you've got a really scary quarterback for in Chicago. Uh, do you, no, do you think totally that agree. this team can win? Do you think this team can win uh, eight, eight to nine games? Uh, not this year. Yeah, no, not this year. I think they still need a, a, a number one. I don't think DJ Moore is a number one type of receiver. I think like if they would have won and got Hopkins or something like that, then you're talking about a really good receiving room. Because I think DJ Moore is top tier. Like, like he's a one B type of guy. He's he's. I don't think he can solely stand right. out as your number one. Um, and then they traded for um, Claypool last year as well. So. I mean, they've got some some good guys there, but I don't think they have that guy that's gonna the Justin Jeffersons of the world or or anybody like that yet. Definitely, and you know they they look like they're playing the hmm. What division are they playing? Because they got Denver, but they don't play. Oh, I think they're playing the uh, NFC South. They got the Saints, Panthers, Falcons. And Bucks. Bucks so there, I yeah. mean, the 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 good thing about it for the Bears is that you know they're gonna not have to play against Aaron Rodgers two times this year, and they're also playing what I believe is the weakest division in football. So you got a rookie quarterback, Tampa Bay. You don't know what you're gonna get out of Baker Mayfield this year. Um, you know, when you think about New Orleans and Derek Carr, that offense looks to be promising but at the same time we've seen the michael thomas slant for for some time now alvin Kamara looks to have taken maybe a step back in his game and then the falcons desmond ritter being your franchise guy in year two ain't no telling you know what i'm saying so i think the bears do have a chance to win 
at least eight games this year. And that's another thing about this division that kind of makes it um, not tough, but just interesting when you look at the grand scheme of things and how all the teams are going to compete against each other and, you know, just in general going forward. So uh, I I don't want to just like hot take, oh, but at the same time, I do want to go through their schedule real quick. You know, Packers, Bucks, Chiefs, Broncos, Commanders, Vikings, Raiders, Chargers, Saints, Panthers, Lions, Vikings, Lions, Browns, Cardinals, Falcons, Packers. Um, man, I, I can definitely see them getting to that eight-game mark. And if Justin Fields is going to have that season where we look at him and finally say, okay, you know what? This is a great quarterback. This is somebody who they have a future with. Because the problem with the Bears is that they haven't had a quarterback in their franchise's history that you can look to and be like, oh, that was the guy, you know? And so the bar is very low as far as what a quarterback there has to do to be great. But at the same time, as far as what a quarterback has to do there to be great in Chicago and consider uh, a franchise changing guy to turn around and make this franchise become great are two different things. So uh, I'm just looking for Justin Fields to do the little things every day. Coach Eberflus is there for his second year. Everybody's kind of a little more settled in um, and, and it's just a fun team overall. They lose Roquan Smith, get Edmonds, and um, they tighten up on the defensive line there, Hargrave. Uh, so I, I think this Bears team can win a good eight games in 2023, Kev. And I also think going into year two with some continuity for Justin Fields is also a good thing. Because, uh, yeah. you know, you, it's hard enough for a rookie coming out of college, having to jump into the pros and get used to the speed of the defenses while learning a new playbook yeah. and learning new offenses and things like that. And then year two to have to go through that again, I think is sometimes underlooked for young quarterbacks. Right. So I think that's something that Justin Fields, you know, having that continuity going into year three now, I think that's something that he can, he's going to benefit from also. I mean, at this yeah. point with Justin Fields, there's just, there's just no excuse. Um, like you were kind of alluding to earlier, June, uh, they've slowly been showing that you know what we are committed to you and we're committed to your development they just gave you know cole k or uh yeah cole k the extension as well you know what i mean um i know i understand what you're saying about dj Moore, uh kev but then again you add a wide receiver like claypool that finished the year there last year 10 yards a catch uh you know two catches a game and then you add someone who did they draft again like the fourth round um blowing uh from Tyler Scott at a since at a Cincinnati that uh, average not not average but had 900 yards last year nine touchdowns 54 receptions I mean they're giving him the core units that they need around him uh, we already seen that behind Lamar Jackson I mean he's the best rushing quarterback to be honest I mean that's point blank period but we need to see how he develops with his arm we need to see the arm talent develop we need to see him beat teams with his arm with his arms not just with his feet as we've been seeing so I think that the uh, the success on them again is gonna is gonna lie rely on how successful he is with the ball throwing the ball specifically and they put the weapons there and it might not click this year I don't think eight or nine games um, but I, I I could see them I can see them going from three wins to to six wins this year for sure yeah six, seven, nice six. and I'm not confident when I say eight nine games nine is by far a stretch eight is even a stretch but. To get to that seven eight is like to me. I, I could I, as a if I was a Bears fan, I would be hopeful that we can get to that point. Um, as far as just competing within our division and then luckily playing uh, the worst division in football. Kev, real quick, as far as East Point on the best runner as a quarterback in football behind Lamar Jackson, do you say true or false to that? Uh, type it's type it's type of trick question. Well, yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw your face and I was thinking in my head I was like I bet he's thinking he might be better than Lamar. I mean it's what I saw. I'll tell you <laughs> that. It's is I'll tell you that. And it is it is a little bit different I think like the way they run. I think Lamar is more like an elusive and Justin Fields right. is just like he can elude you, but he'll, he's also not yeah. scared to just... He's downhill as well, yeah. yeah. And I think Justin Fields might be top speed faster. I think Lamar's a quicker guy, way shiftier, quicker, better footwork. And to yeah. Lamar's respect, you know, he's a better passer. Yeah. So he doesn't, he's not a running quarterback. And that's the difference between Justin Fields and Lamar. So, like, 
Justin Fields should be a better running quarterback because that's what he does. Lamar Jackson is a passer of the football who can run and will if you let him. But Lamar Jackson doesn't just hike the ball and look at two reads and take off. Like, he's looking through all his reads. He's getting the ball out to his tight end. They're running the ball a lot on design. And so he's not that opportunistic, oh, I'm going to take off, use my feet, use my feet. He, he's a really a good pocket passer. And Justin Fields is what we're talking about. He needs to grow into this. And, you know, it comes with time. It comes with time and a, and a good O-line and good coaching and weapons behind you, as he alluded to. But, uh yeah, I think I think I think it's fair to say Justin Fields might be a better runner than LJ. Just wanted to have some fun with that. Shout All out to LJ. I like that. I before like that. we before we move on, since we're on LJ, we're gonna talk about the Lions next and Jared Goff, uh, e E's e boy apparently. Um, <laughs> he's ranked higher on the top 100 players in the league over Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is at 71 mark. 71 or 72. Um, and they, uh, man, EP, can you, can you do some Googles for us in the meantime? Because we was talking about it in the chat. Um, and, and there was a tweet about the quarterbacks that are ahead of Lamar Jackson. And I when I saw J Jared Goff's name and, you know, this is the players that vote for this top 100. So the players did this. The players vote for the top 100. What's happening? The discourse is 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 straying very very far away from us, Kevin. I'm nervous because, you know, 15 years ago it wasn't like this, bro. Uh, people would talk sports with a little more sense um, and a lot more uh, intuitiveness over entertainment value, for the sake of not caring to be so much known or seen as somebody. Lamar but Jackson at 71 is criminal. But this is an anonymous play. I'm assuming, right? Like this isn't even all the players vote. So but like, anonymously, though, yeah, uh, they put their some of them put their names and some of them do it or not. I think it's like you you can leave it blank if you want. It was seventy one. You said, yeah. I don't understand that though. Like I'm not too. I get like, is the argument like that? Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl, and Lamar hasn't. Is that? I mean, the argument or, should be Lamar Jackson is an MVP. I, that's. I mean, that's. This this feels racist. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. I got this here. So. Hufunga is at seventy eight. That's pretty interesting. Lamar's at seventy two. DeForest Buckner at seventy one. I would even say they that Lamar not, Jackson is a better football not, player than DeForest Buckner. There are not 71 better football players in the in the world than Lamar Jackson. That's crazy. I know. And this is why I brought this up. Uh, e, if, if you can't, oh no, you have your, I got your phone it. I got on the thing. It. I'm going to find, okay. I'm looking ahead. at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, so what, what I wanted to share with you guys was that in the group chat, there was a, a tweet. It's like a specific tweet that shows the number um the quarterbacks and their rankings that are above Lamar Jackson. I'll find it and we can go, uh, we can continue on for now and I'll bring it back up. But do we not know, just let's move see, on to the Lions? Do we not just see that team without him? I'm I'm very confused. All right, whatever. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, before we move on, real quick. Um, week one, Bears, Packers. I got Bears winning. Continue. Since I, uh, this is in Green Bay, or where is that? This is in Chicago. Okay. Okay. But I guess I mean, we'll get to the Packers. That's going to be a fun game. <laughs> we'll get to them. The Lions, man. The Lions is a team that kept the Packers with Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. And, you know, they earned my respect when I saw the way they turned things around last year and, you know, how coaching one of the better staffs in the league with Deuce Staley at the time. He's he's since moved to Carolina to become an uh, assistant head coach, assistant coach to Frank Reich. But uh, man, I mean, they have a a a pretty good coaching staff. Aaron Glenn's defense was like getting shitted on at the beginning of the year for having one of the worst defenses in the league, and they some way somehow turned things around. Uh, toward the end of the season. And when they found out that they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs, but the Packers 
could have made the playoffs if they lost to them in the last game of the season, Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer, they said, listen, bro, we're going to go and spoil this in Lambeau, and uh, they handle business. So for that, they earned my respect. I'm, I'm very excited to see what they're going to continue to do this year. They've traded DeAndre Swift, move on from that. They drafted Jameer Gibbs, obviously Jared Goff at the helm. Jamison Williamson, Williamson being suspended. Jamison Williams, I should say, uh, being suspended first six games and dealing with another injury is a bit, uh, sorry for the camera, is a bit worrisome for me. Because when I look at a guy like Jamison Williams, one of those speed burners, right? You know, John Ross, shout out to John Ross, got drafted in 2017, ran the 4.2 or whatever, and still holds the record for fastest 40 in NFL history. He just retired. I mean, he dealt with injuries after injury after injury, and ultimately that was one of the biggest parts of his career not blossoming into what it maybe could have been. Uh, there were definitely other reasons, but a guy like Jamison Williams, who's such a burner, those guys get hurt pretty pretty uh, often, if you notice. They're really you know skinny. Uh, they deal with a lot of hamstring, ankle stuff, and he's a second-year player who barely played his rookie year, is barely going to play this second year, I'm just, I, you know, he had to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this season with a grain of salt again, and he can have a great impact toward the, you know, tail end of the season, and if they make the playoffs. But next year, like, I'm excited to see, not excited, but I'm intrigued to see how he finishes off this year, goes into the off season, into training camp, and then comes out next year. Obviously, that's very far from now. We're talking a year from now, but it's just guys like that that get drafted so high and have things kind of. Um, you know, right there at their disposal. It's unfortunate. Calvin Ridley's coming back. He looks great, and I think he'll make the most of, of, of his opportunity and learn from his mistake. It's sad to see that Williams had to do this, but um, where do you guys see the Detroit Lions ranking up, not just against the NFC North, but against the NFL this season? Uh, are they a true playoff team? Are they just contending for the playoffs? Do you think that this team can go and win the Super Bowl this year? What is the outlook uh, from for you guys? Kev? <laughs> um, it's tough, right? Because, like, they're the Lions. So it's hard to, like, see them and be like, yeah, I think they're going to be good. But, like, it feels like this is the year for them to go win the division. But I don't think they're going to. Um, I think they're going to compete, and I think they're going to be, like, right there for the playoffs, maybe have like that week 17, week 18 type need must win type game. Kind of like they need were to like, win, yeah. kind of the same situation, similar situation to the one they were in last year. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that, I think DeAndre Swift was a good back for them. Um, but, you know, I think that's going to hurt them losing him, but um yeah, we'll see. I guess it's the Lions, so it's, I don't. I I think you know. Obviously, with Dan Campbell there, they've been biting ankles and stuff, and they've it's they've been doing a good job mm-hmm. of you know getting down and dirty, like he said when they yeah. when he first got there. Um, but yeah, so they're they're going to give you a fight. They're going to put up a, a football game. They're not going to go out there and just lay down. But um, right. I don't know. I don't. I'm not like I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment as far as it being hard to 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 expect from Detroit, right? Like this team has never been good in in our our whole life, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and, and I think they're like a I think they're like a nine. Year? I think they're like a nine ten win type team, like on the verge of ten. I think more nine is like closer to where I'm thinking they're going to end up. But I like it. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see the the upgrade. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball. That was a very, very poor defense last year for the most part. They started to turn things around toward the end of the season, but, I mean, that season started off bad. They were letting teams score 30 a game, um, and their offense was really competing, and that's what kept them in games. But, you know, you got guys like Malcolm Rodriguez who made his name in training camp last year and through hard knocks. You got, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, um, and, like, you also lost a Jeff Okuda, which when I say lost, I think that was for the better of both of them. I think that Jeff Okuda 
hasn't necessarily found his stride. He's not playing up to the projection that they thought he'd come out of Ohio State with. But it's like he's also in a better place personally, you know, new start, fresh start. And now the Lions also have their guys and, you know, kind of did some weed whacking and got out what they didn't want, brought in who they did. And, um, you know, just as everything, like we mentioned with the uh, with the Bears, you have a new coach. Things are better when things are settled. Um, so just another year of experience for him is, is, is going to benefit them, in my opinion. Dan Campbell isn't necessarily that offensive-minded coach. He's more of that, you know, gritty, go out and try to figure out a way to win a game. But at the same time, I think he, uh, he does a great job of understanding his staff, trusting his staff, and also his players. And he just needs to be the guy to lead them. Um, and then that's where you see them flourish. So... Jared Goff, I'm not going to give him over Lamar Jackson. Like, that is pretty crazy. That's um, <laughs> racist. But I do think Jared Goff has a chance to put up another really good year and show that, you know, he's, he's more than just that guy who played for the Rams and had a great defense and, and rode a coattail to the Super Bowl. Because, you know, if we be honest, that's kind of what happened. But we see that he can make those throws. He can stay poised in the pocket. Um, versus a tough defense. We kind of just went in on Jared Goff a little, and I will say the last quarterback that we went in on last year when we were doing these uh, previews had a pretty solid year. So, Jared Goff, go prove us wrong and make us two for two. Hey, man, I think if you're Detroit, uh, I think you're feeling pretty good about Jared Goff. I mean, last nine games of the season last year, he finished with no picks and 15 touchdowns. I mean, what more can you ask for from a former number one pick at this point in his career? You know what I mean? Um, and then on top of that, their defense last year, I mean, league's worse, just atrocious, you know? Um, and you go and add someone like a Jack Campbell out of Iowa or like a Brian Branch out of Alabama that had 20 tackles last year and two picks. Yeah. Um, I, I have Detroit winning this division, to be honest. Uh, Vegas has them two at nine and a half wins. And they also have him at making the playoffs at minus 170. So I'm going to go out there and say that Jared Goff will have an exceptional season this year. Um, and to answer your question from earlier, June, um, I do think that Detroit wins 10 games this year, 11 games this year, and they make the playoffs. Wow. You know, go ahead, Kev. You, you, give me Jared Goff's stats last, from last year again. Last nine games, he had 15 touchdowns. No picks. That's what I said. Oh, you, you said want his whole? I can get. Yeah, I can give you his whole stat line if you want. <laughs> but last, he finished off the season with 15 touchdowns and no interceptions. Okay. I mean, that, what no, more can you ask for from no, the yeah. end to the season? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I thought I thought you went with his season stats and then said, "What more can you ask for from a number one pick <laughs> at this point?" And I was gonna say, from a number one pick, I got a lot more to ask for, but. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, he definitely finished off the season very efficiently um, and took care of the ball. And, and really, damn near led that team apparently too late, too late that ball. And that's to ease point why I can see and agree with, you know, why he feels the way he does as far as them making the playoffs this year. Um, they, they're going to have to, at this point, get taken out of that light because over the course of the last 10 to 12 weeks of the season last year, they did a phenomenal job of proving everybody, Hey, we, we can fight. We can play tough games, win games. And um, there is a new culture here in Detroit. So yeah, I, I think this and, Detroit Lions team has a chance to get to that 10 win, that 10 win mark. What's up? E? The other reason is when you look at the NFC, I mean, you look at the NFC West, uh, I mean, I could see, you know, San Fran, Seattle, but I mean, Los Angeles and Arizona, I don't I don't see them being a threat. Uh, NFC South, you probably will get one team out of the NFC South and two teams out of the NFC East. So, I mean, you're, all you're doing is asking the Lions to be the second best team in their division this year. And they're more than likely to make the playoffs. And I totally can see that happening. And so to that point, I mean, the NFC. You look at the Eagles. You might want to look at the Cowboys, Giants, Giants. I'm, I'm not gonna say NFC back. East. I'm not gonna. We're not. Yeah, but I, I, to me, the Giants. Like, as much as I don't believe last year was fluky, 
Um, it is to be done again. And, you know, the, Daniel Jones is, to me, going to have to prove it again. Like, I, I, I don't trust Daniel Jones yet. Like, I think he's a good player. I think he's a tough quarterback who's gotten better year after year. I'm not sold on he's going to be Daniel Jones of what we saw at the end of last year going forward for the rest of like Jared Goff to me has already proven that you can trust Jared Goff is going to be a decent to pretty good quarterback, if not better than that. But Daniel Jones, like the giants weren't fluky last year, but I'm not going to say Daniel Jones wasn't a fluke last year. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that sold on him. And again, Kev, I was hating on Daniel Jones crazy last year, and look what he did. He probably proved me wrong. Proved I, me wrong. I'll I be think, happy if he proves me wrong again. I think Daniel Jones, without Saquon Barkley, is definitely like not where you want him to be. But I think Daniel Jones and Saquon back Saquon in the backfield is who he was. And you had Darren Waller. As long as Waller stays healthy, I think that's a big target for him. Listen, I'm I'm all for it. I hope the Giants, like I said, prove me wrong. I'm not. I didn't come into this season's NFC East preview saying this Giants team is that bad and this, that, and the third. You know, I do think they're going to have a successful season and get back to the playoffs. Um, just that part, I'm not too sure about. But what I was saying was, the NFC is really, really top heavy. You know, maybe two teams up there that you're like they can compete with Kansas City, Buffalo, exactly. uh, possibly the Jets, you know, th those top dogs in the AFC. After that, to East Point, you're going to have guys in, mo you know, multiple teams and multiple divisions in the playoffs, and it's going to become who can beat who in Jan December, January. Just because I know we'll get into this when we do their division, but just because he mentioned it, you don't think the Rams bounce back this year? I don't trust. I don't. I don't trust them to bounce back personally, and I don't trust Arizona to bounce back either. I feel like a lot of their problems was had to do with injuries more so than anything, though. I think they still got a lot of those pieces in place from when they won the Super Bowl. So I expect they did lose Floyd. They did lose Ramsey. They did lose Taylor Rapp last year on that defense. Uh, they still got some guys, but Kev, I don't know, man. I I think Matthew Stafford. There, there was obviously injury, but there was also some regression. We saw some regression last year, and I'm intrigued to see what Cooper Cup is going to bring this year as far as did the NFL figure him out? Is he going to be able to ace that scheme the way he's been doing it? Because at one point it was unguardable, and they have one of the best coaches, the smartest offensive coaches in the game. It's a lot of factors, and they do have a lot of continuity, but – they 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 did take a step back. It didn't look like they had him figured out until they got hurt. Hey, hey, that's true. That's true. Um, but but we get back into the front. I just he you mentioned it, so I was curious. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Um, as far as like the last things on the Detroit Lions. So, Kev, do you think they're making the playoffs this year? Yes or no? I think. <laughs> I think they make it as a wild card. Okay. Yeah. EP, you do got them making the playoffs, correct? Yeah, wild card or whatever. They're going to be there. Well, so you there. got them winning the division, right? I do. I do have the winning division. Stand on it. All right. Uh, stand on it. Don't be. Ten toes. Don't be, Ten don't toes. Be, sound Ten like toes. you kind of got Washington. I mean, you sound, sound like you kind of got the Vikings now. <laughs> I don't know. Not with Dobbin Cook out for Lauder International Airport on the way to New York today. I don't know about that. Let's go, baby. Uh, Good point. Speaking of the Vikings. You ain't leaving again, the building without signing the contract. I'm not going to lie. What they did last year was kind of fluky, okay? And as good as they played and as, as tough as they were to beat, we saw them, we saw them get exposed a few times throughout the season um they were the better team at the end of the game in most of the games and they did go 13 and 4 i'm not going to take that away from them however do i see them starting off the season 10 and 2 do i see them going and winning 13 games next year hmm, i don't know i don't know it's tougher division everything's a little more leveled uh the fact that they're playing the nfc south helps them as well of course uh, and and Justin Jefferson 
and Kirk Cousins are going to have another year to kind of grow together, barring, you know, no setbacks in, in, in training camp. But to East Point, Dalvin Cook, and, and we know that he was not their sole offense, right? And even like a Madison comes in and, and really balls out in Dalvin Cook's absence, and they find a way to run that ball regardless because they do have a good offensive line. But that's still a key piece on your team, you know, Dalvin Cook is. And he's that X-factor type of guy that when you have to game plan for a Dalvin Cook, it's not game planning for a good run game. It's like they have a good run game, but also we got to tackle Dalvin Cook at the end of the day. And that's not the easiest task. So he just kind of makes things a little more complicated for a defense where you're taking that away now. And I'm going to be intrigued to see how Kirk Cousins plays with a non-top tier running back uh, in, in this league. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like we've seen Kirk be Kirk Cousins. Like, he's been a good quarterback in this league since he came in for Robert Griffin. So, I just think the difference now is he has Justin Jefferson, who, who I think is the best receiver in the league. And he showed it to you in Buffalo with the just throw it up to me. Like, that was, that's the play. The, the If you watch quarterbacks, the play is literally – I'm gonna have I'm gonna have one on one coverage. Just throw it up, and go. Just try to go get it. Like who? The, you can only do that with so many people ever yeah. in, in the league. Just throw the ball up and hope they come down with it. And so I think having that guy in that security blanket—that's a literal security blanket. Having just being able to throw the ball up to Justin Jefferson. I've never seen a man rip away a ball from somebody's two hands with one hand while falling and being off balance and not having a full grip on the ball. That was the craziest catch I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't, but I'll I'll let you go with that since we're talking about the NFC North. Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr.'s catch was way better, but um, it was also three fingers. And Drake made a fucking bar out of it, but um, I mean, just when shit looked out of reach, I reached back like one three, like one three. Yeah, there's no bills. There's no uh, when it's fourth and long. There's no, just there's none of that. Bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Drake crazy. Drake can't flip the Jay Jettas. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. But no, nah, listen, the catch was amazing. And for that to be like one of the things Justin Jefferson has done, like this guy is a route runner. This guy can burn you on a fly. He has hands. He can get the jump ball, back shoulder, and yards after catch. So as far as best receiver in the league right now, um, It's hard to argue against. I'll say I'll that. Make the most. I'll, I'll say it's hard to argue against. Would you say if Jamar Chase didn't have Boyd and Higgins alongside him, he wouldn't be looked at as maybe the best wide receiver in the league as far as maybe having more volume? I mean, I think obviously like his injury last year kind of like – made people not forget about him, but, you know, you don't see him for a while. You forget about him. So yeah. I think people yeah, don't remember true. how good he is. Uh, but he's <laughs> they're like carbon copies of each other almost to me. Like, it's crazy how similar their styles of play and just how good both of them are. So I think – and they both went to the same school, so it's not like yeah. it's too crazy, but they and – th And then I had – I also had Devontae Adams. That's what I wanted to ask you about real quick. Future Jet. What's up? <laughs> Best wide receiver in the league? As soon as he puts on that green. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> and take um, that pay cut for nothing. You know what I'm saying? EP, when, when you say the Detroit Lions are going to win this division, out of that thought process, did it occur to you that it probably would take two wins against Minnesota. It doesn't have to, but it probably would take two wins against Minnesota. Um, do you see the Lions being able to beat this Minnesota team in two games this year? That's a good question. Um, could it happen? Yeah. I see them splitting the, that, the, that particular matchup this year, one and one. 
Yeah, I, I see a split for it. And again, they can make the playoffs with the split. It's just, I, I know the Vikings are going to be in playoff contention by the end of the year. Um, and so is their division rival. That game is going to be crucial when they match up against each other for reasons like that. And, and um, hey, Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Detroit knows what's on the line when they're playing a team like Minnesota, right? Like, if they take that energy they played with last year as far as week 17, week 18, excuse me, Sunday night football, beat the Packers, and they don't make the playoffs. Listen, whatever week they have to play the Vikings in both of those weeks, and I'll tell you right now, the first one is going to be, wow, wow, wow. So this this just got a lot more interesting. Christmas Eve and January 7th, so week 16 and week 18 are the two games that Minnesota plays uh, – it's it's going to be at Minnesota on Christmas Eve, and then at home on um, on January seventh. So their yeah their seasons are already kind of going to be determined to an extent, and these are going to be like the final touches of like listen. So if these are if you know injuries have everything happens, this league can can go either way. But I do see, and I think we all agree that the Vikings and the Lions are the two contenders for the NFC North, right? Can we can we all agree there? I think so. Absolutely. So, yeah, I would say Vikings and Lions. I want to hear what he's got to say about that. So I just think so. Hey, we'll leave it there. I, I want to say that at week 16 and at week 18, Lions, Lions know that it's put up or shut up at that time of the season uh, versus a, a division rival. It's just interesting to see them play so late too. But um, can we move along? Because I do want to hear kind of the sentiment that Kev is dragging along there with with this Packers. Is this Packers talk we got over here? Because it sounds like the new Jordan Love era's biggest fan isn't even Ray. It sounds like it might be Kev. Oh, no, I'm not a fan at all. I just, uh, we see with the Packers before, so it's like, why... I, I have to like see it not happen in order for me to think that he's not going to be. I'm not Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and it was like they drafted him. They drafted the replacement while Hall of Fame quarterback is still on the team, sits behind him for a few years. It gets old. Okay, we want to trade him. They trade him to the Jets, and now this new quarterback comes in and he has this great year, and it's like, oh my god, they did it again. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, so Jordan Love is a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. I feel you. If, it, I mean, it might be written. It and might in be written. 14 years, whatever quarterback they draft in the first round and with a 20-something pick is going to be the next guy. And up. Jordan Love is, is a disgruntled star. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's right. going to – I mean, I don't know. But um, that, that, would also as, mean, that would also mean that the Jets are going to go back into quarterback purgatory after gonna, Aaron Rodgers. What I'm, talk right, about. I'm, just, I'm just saying, if history repeats itself, it, it, it does in a carbon <laughs> Listen, copy. I don't care if, if Aaron Rodgers gets me one. I don't care what happens after him. We of course. Never win again. Of course. Just get me one. That's all I want is just one. Completely, completely quick side note, since we're Heat fans here, Kevin and I. Um, I saw this Five Reasons Sports post on Instagram today, and it said, what would you have rather happened? A, LeBron James never left. B, Chris Bosh never gets blood clots. C, (laughs) Dwayne Dwayne Wade wins the 2009 MVP. Or D, Jimmy Butler makes the shot in Game 7 of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals versus Boston 2022. Kev, your answer was? I have such strong feelings on all of these. I mean, so mine is is Bosch because it's always for me, it's like, we've seen the other things play out. We've seen it happen with Bosch. It's like, what would have happened? Like, so for me, it's, I hate not knowing what would have happened. So that's why that would be the answer for me. But the one that they left off the list is LeBron scoring eight fucking points in game four of the NBA finals. That's the one thing in heat history that I wish could have not happened. happened. Give me, yeah. give me 15, yeah. give me yeah. 14. We win the game yeah. and Wade wins the yeah. finals MVP. So that's the one thing and um, we get, we have four instead of, I, I definitely, I definitely commented, shout out to Ethan Skolnick and, and five reasons sports and all the contributors over there. I definitely said Jimmy Butler 
uh, making that shot. And guess what? I don't know that the Heat win that finals versus Golden State. And quite frankly, we probably don't. That's it's that, and that doesn't bother me as much anymore because we got it back in blood. Oh, 100%. We did get it back in blood. But the moment was so big. It happened so fast. That game was so great. It was such a Jimmy Butler is literally willing his team back to the finals for the second time in his third season with the Miami Heat. From after that, who cares what happens? But like it was the writing was on the wall that this was our year. And and so it really, really hurt. And guess what? That hurt like a finals loss. Like that really hurt like a finals loss. And it took for us to beat Boston in 2023 for that to really finally evaporate, evaporate. But the one that I'm stuck on is LeBron James not leaving. I mean, if you're gonna talk about if you're gonna talk about Chris Bosch and his blood clots and what could have come with, you know, him and Dwayne Wade and Dragic, maybe some Joe Johnson, Luo Dang action there. I get it. But like we're going to three more finals. Oh, like we boy, saw, boy. we literally saw what LeBron James did in the same Eastern Conference for the next six years. Yeah, no, I mean, if LeBron stays in Miami for the rest of his career, I don't know that we're not in every finals since he's like been seriously. Here. So like that's the one that I truly like. Yeah, of course I would love for LeBron to have never left, but. LeBron leaving didn't hurt me as much as Jimmy Butler missing that shot. It didn't. It didn't. And and Chris Bosh getting his blood clots. Like I don't, these are things. Obviously, the Wade 09. I don't remember where I was in 09 or 2010 when Wade got snubbed. Oh, that's upset for me. It was definitely a school day or so. You know, it wasn't. I'm just saying, like there, the LeBron leaving Miami notification. I'm coming home. Sports Illustrated. The Jimmy Butler, May 29, 2022, missing the shot. And the Chris Bosh random bleacher report notification we got to our phone saying that he's being shut down and it's possibly career ending. Like, I remember where I was. I was driving that day. So, hey, man, can we can we uh, can we go back to the Packers? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Kev, I want to know why do you think the Packers are going to win this division? Is it just because of <laughs> history repeating itself? <laughs> I don't think the Packers are winning the division. Okay. Okay. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me clean no, up. I, for the so, record, I think the Vikings are going to win okay. the division because Justin Jefferson. But um, I also like that they got TJ Hawkins. They have TJ Hawkinson in Minnesota, right? Yeah. 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 Did Detroit trade him to Minnesota? Am I tripping? No, they're not tripping. They draft Detroit drafted him. Why did you? They weren't gonna they weren't gonna sign him. And then they ended up But they traded him to the division. They they drafted another tight end, I think, this year. That must have been like their only offer for him. Whatever. Um but they uh yeah, I think Green Bay is it's like it, it but it is it does I think come down to Jordan Love at the end of the day. As it does for many teams come down to their quarterback play. I mean, you know, it's as simple as that, really. At the end of the day, you're the quarterback of the team, and the defense hasn't – I don't think there's been many changes on that side of the football for them as far as – Yeah, they did lose Adrian Adrian Amos with older – With the Jets. Older safety. And unfortunately – oh, no, he's not hurt. Chuck Clark got hurt, but go ahead. Chuck Clark is hurt, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the defense, I think, is going to be – what they were last year, which is like not not elite, but not bad either, like somewhere in the middle of that. Um and yeah, I think it's just like we'll see what LaFleur does, I guess. With Jordan uh, what Love I'm now. what I'm kind of ex- excited to see is the Jordan Love era in full effect, right? Like we got to see the Sunday night football game. It was an amazing game when the Eagles, who are the NFC representatives in the Super Bowl, um played a really good game against Aaron Rodgers for the most part of the game. And then Aaron Rodgers goes out with an injury. Jordan Love comes in and like flashes of like some greatness there. And and obviously very sample size. We never really get to see him show his full colors and LaFleur opened the playbook up for him. 
this year is it's 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 up to LaFleur and Love to build that chemistry and that relationship and show the league that he has supreme arm talent, can make all the throws, understands the scheme, understands reading defenses. And I don't think Jordan Love is going to put that all together year one as a you know starting quarterback in this league. And and we shouldn't expect him to. But I want to see more promise than problems for Jordan Love. What's got you cheesing? And I was because you said we shouldn't expect him to. I was like, Packers fans are expecting him to for sure, hundred like, percent. What are they, right. What are they, What else are they gonna do? You know, what else are they gonna do? They They don't but, know what bad quarterback play is. Let's let's exactly. be honest. That's what I'm saying. But also, those, get those games where like the starting quarterback gets hurt and backup comes in and has a great great game, like I take those with a grain of salt. Like obviously, you know. You'd rather the quarterback do good than bad, but in those situations where a team is game planning for somebody else and then backup comes in and it's a different type of scheme and a different That's type true. of game plan. That's true. To me, I always take those with like, obviously, you know, the fact that he looked good is better than the, him looking bad. If he looks bad, right. then it's just, you know, you, you might not have much there. But um, now teams are going to be game planning for him and what can he do and um, – have there's going to be real game film on him, you know, live, uh, real live football action. So, um, it's going to be how can he now adjust also to defenses and uh, the the adjustments that they're making to him in game and things like that. So, and Lafleur is going to have to do that also. We're going to see how good of a job Lafleur does because since he's been yep. in Green Bay, he's had Aaron Rodgers, and you don't have to do too much coaching. With Aaron Rodgers, as smart as he is, there's like obviously a level of he can figure things out a little bit uh, quicker than a guy who's just uh, jumping in to the starting role for the first time. EP, what do you got on this Packers team here? 2023. Uh, I mean, we'll see, really. Um, Love looks good, but like Kev just said, we got to see what it looks like when um, there's being actual schemes thrown at his abilities and things like that. I don't really expect much. Um, I expect as much as, I mean, I guess I expect as much inconsistency as we've seen them be consistent at. at. So, I mean, um, I see them Green Bay 7-8 win team probably this year. Um, they've obviously been in, in some sort of like a rebuild mode for the last couple of years. So, I mean, we'll see uh, without Aaron Rodgers now. We'll see what happens, really. I don't I don't really have much expectations for them, though. What is their over-under in Vegas? Do you know? Uh, EP's got to figure up. that one out. Over-under, and... seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. That's about, com- that's about complicated. <laughs> uh, yeah, seven and a half. Correct. Yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, they, st- they, start, they start the season – back-to-back games on the road. I mean, they got a tough month of football. First month of football in September, you're looking at on the road versus the Bears, on the road versus the Falcons. And again, these aren't the two toughest teams to play, but as a you know first-time starter going into a new season uh, on the road for back-to-back weeks and then coming home playing the Saints, which is the best team of that worst division, in your mm-hmm. home opener, and then having to go back to back and play the Lions. Then after that, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a tough first month for for Jordan Love to to get acclimated in this season and, and figure things out. And and to E's point, I don't have a lot of expectation. I don't think this Packers team is a playoff team, and they shouldn't be looked at as one. And it should be looked at as a little more laid back of a season that they'll have, knowing what they're what they're up against and and what the situation is. But at the same time, they're professionals and they're expected to compete. They're expected to win. They have a great, you know, head coach and and solid players around a quarterback to to make a, you know, push in the division. This isn't a team that Jordan Love, if he doesn't play good, it, like, no. I mean, Jordan Love should be able to play pretty decent and they still compete. Now, if he plays good, that's where we start seeing them really win uh, a lot of football games. But all in all, I don't think this Packers team is a playoff team. Go ahead, Kev. No, I was going to say they're, they're over-under is seven and a half. And I think whoever takes on either side, it's going to be a comfortable win. 
on one of those sides. Like, I think they're either going to win a lot more than seven and a half, and Jordan Love is going to be really good, or they're going to win a lot less than seven and a half, and Jordan Love is going to be really bad. I don't think, I think we're going to know the Packers quarterback situation is after this season. Like, it's going to be very clear what it is. I think I think they open the season one and three personally. I think they win that one game in Atlanta week two, but I think they open the first four games and they're one and three. They could Amen. they could go on to be five hundred after six games and be three and three, but I just I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, that's tough. Um, do, do, hey, they they might just realize what the situation is early and play it like that for the rest of the season. It's, it's going to be interesting. This is a tough division, and these teams play each other good all the time. Um, I got Minnesota winning the division. I think there's the most continuity there. I think there's the best quarterback play there. I think that there's also the best coaching uh, in Minnesota, uh, and they have the best player in the division in general. So w- with that being said, uh, also – you can't trust that Lions defense. Like Minnesota's defense isn't nothing to be, you know, wowed about, but we've seen them play competitive in big games, big time games, um, and win and force turnovers. Minnesota, I didn't want to say it. It just popped in my head, came back from the biggest deficit in NFL history last year. Um, we'll, we'll leave it there. And uh, what was that again? Nah, I, I listen. Go fact check it somewhere else. Bitch. I think it was against. I think it was against uh, the the, hey, the, hey, the Duke Blue Devils. Hey, the, hey, hey. you guys are having too much fun. You guys are having too much fun. <laughs> Yo, not too much um, on Anthony Richardson. You heard? Not too much on the new start. You know, <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that Colts talk, bro. But uh, no, nah, I, I ultimately think the Minnesota Vikings win this division. Um, and and we we could see a similar situation to last year, like last few games. Obviously, you know, week sixteen and eighteen matchup, it's going to tell a lot. By that time, I do think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be a little more comfortable as far as where they're at in the playoff run, uh, as opposed to Detroit. So I don't have much more on the NFC North. I'm not sure if you guys have any closing thoughts or want to say anything before we get out of here. But uh, it was a good one, and. Uh, Next week, we, we got the AFC North. So, Joe Burrow hurt in training camp. They're saying he oh, probably man. won't be too bad, but he does have a lingering injury he's dealing with. We probably won't see him for the rest of training camp. We won't see him at all until hopefully week one, and hopefully by then he's 100% healthy. But uh, I, I'm excited to talk about him, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Kenny Pickett going into uh, going into the season. Somebody tell God to turn injuries off on Madden. <laughs> At least lower it to like 20. Help a brother out. So, um, but, uh, I mean, the only, the only other thing I got is uh, Otani staying in Los Angeles, Anaheim. I, I like to call him Anaheim. <laughs> um, Otani staying in Los Angeles. Uh, Messi's down here running amok with Miami, <laughs> Miami FC. Commercial and, Boulevard. Uh, <laughs> and maybe Judge comes back this week. We'll see. Yeah, we need him back. Again, for those who are new here, we never end the podcast on a fucking Yankees comment. All right. Well, so I... since we, oh, unless it's this, no, 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 get it out. Go ahead, get it out. Because no, no. nobody, well, no, was, I... nobody was talking about no Yankees, and now there's like Yankees news. All of I didn't. Well, I don't know. Give me his closing thoughts. It was closing thoughts. I was just. I was. Actually... We will never close on the Yankees. But go ahead. We weren't, we weren't gonna close on the Yankees because I've I've got closing thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Um, Fuck the Yankees. How about that? Those are my closing thoughts. I have nothing Yankees in my closing thoughts. So Yankees now because we can't end it with fuck, fuck the Yankees. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Go ahead. Um, you'll never beat me at that one. I, I you might get some shit off. You'll never be pettier than I am. But go ahead. Uh, so uh, yeah, you brought up Messi. That show was incredible. I was actually at SmackDown when uh, I saw it was one one in like ninetieth minute. And so I was on Apple TV and got the notification and clicked play and saw the free kick. And I like just couldn't help but start cracking up because one, I was drunk. And two, that was just the funniest shit I had ever seen. What a debut. Yeah, like it's crazy. It's like everybody who paid 400 plus dollars, you got your money's worth. Congratulations. That's like the first sporting event that I can think of that was like 
worth that kind of money to be at. Um, but yeah, that was incredible to see that the way that ended and then see him come in and start yeah. second game and score yeah. two goals in the first 20 minutes. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's him and Sergio Busquets is like, you can tell how much more of another level they're on. Um, yep. So that's crazy cool to watch, especially being like right in our backyard. Um, but the shout other thing, Beckham, shout out to Messi. Yeah, for real. Big shout out to Beckham for making that happen. Um, and the other thing, just because we got to keep it alive, can we get Dame already? Give it up for day 26. Can, like, it's like, can we just, can you just give it to us at, at this point? Yeah. But um, I'm sure it'll be done by the time I heard it should be done before the Heat leave for the Philippines for their little training camp over there. So I'm hoping that it's done by then because that would be nice to have a key piece of our team. And also the whispers are, you know, maybe the Heat find a way to keep Tyler Hero at the end of all of this. And uh, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but I'm saying if they can make it happen. Be, Love to see it. You know? And just the way that the narrative has changed, it's, oh, they have nothing to offer. And now it's like, oh, three first and Hakez and Jovic. That sounds like it could be fair. What are we doing? Get out of here. Right. Give them to Miami already. Day 26, whatever the hell it is. This is like the fourth week we're talking about it. It's ridiculous already. Just make it happen. I'm done. Give it up, Cronin. That's all I got. Go again.